Welcome to another episode of the Get Back Coach, presented by Apollo Media. The first weekend of bowl season is in the books. A bunch of great, enjoyable bowls to watch. But before we get into our recap, Jay went viral over the weekend. Jay, uh, you made your Sports Center debut. <laughs> how how in the world did this happen? Ah. Uh... I mean, I guess people just really like Taco Bell. Uh, so, I mean, I just you know kind of put to words my approach whenever I go order Taco Bell, uh, whenever I look at the menu, and uh, seemed to resonate with a lot of people. I guess it was put poetically enough that uh, it went viral. And, uh, you know, it's not how I imagined I would make my Sports Center debut. Uh, not how I imagined... I would go viral. Not how I imagined I would end up uh, next to Messi uh, in headlines, but uh, that was uh, my weekend was going viral. Uh, so, yeah, sure, Messi got the uh, the World Cup that he's finally been chasing, maybe to go to soccer, but I went viral for Taco Bell, who's a real winner here. Yeah. I mean, one, it was, it was, it was a beautifully constructed tweet. It was master class in actually creating a tweet. Um, I love to read the comments, and I probably read comments too much, but I went on Facebook and I was reading comments, and just the amount of people that, one, think you are a coach for Texas A&M after your Twitter name change, and two, people who th- still think you are playing on the team because they used a an old photo of you from, what was it, 2004? 14 2013 yeah it was uh the chick-fil-a bowl in 2013 absolutely insane i mean part of that's my uh me contributing to it because i also have my twitter profile as a Mm. former former player picture right now uh obviously as i as i do my hopefully uh paid college career search but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty funny seeing all those people like this is why A and M went five and seven. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> it's like, and then there's Aggies in there. Like he's not involved with the team at all in any <laughs> way, shape, or form. <laughs> like, well, you guys could have worded that a little bit nicer. Yeah, but... a little bit better. Um, oh, man, yeah, it was it was definitely fun seeing you. Uh, just seeing you everywhere. Did have who was there anyone like decently famous that like retweeted it? We re- retweeted or liked it. I think there was. I mean, also uh, former Heisman winner Gino Toretta was in the comments. Oh, uh, was, I had an exchange with him. Uh, <laughs> he's like, he he said the twenty dollars was impressive. I'm like, he and he was talking about how it used to be so much cheaper. And I was like, <laughs> but he he said he was impressed with my my performance, and I said that means a lot coming from a legend like yourself. Yeah, so shout out to Gino Toretta in the comments. Oh man, absolutely love it. Um, yeah, well, I mean, what a weekend! What a, uh, a, a good a good weekend, a great college football weekend. Uh, first weekend of bowl season. Um, last week, uh, right before we recorded, um, we didn't have Jay, but um, Navy head coach uh, Ken Niamatalo, uh was fired last week. Uh, has been replaced by Brian Newberry. This is no this. This doesn't surprise me at all. I think Navy really tries to keep in-house. Um, now, Navy has been a decently respectable program 
throughout the years, but the last three years, three and seven, four and eight, four and eight in the American conference, not going to get it done. Uh, they may have found a winner to say, Hey, th- this might be time. Um, uh, Neil Matalo has been there since 2008. What a run he was on. Um, but let, let me see here. Yeah, he won. He won 109 games and lost 83. So he had 56, almost 57% per, per win percentage. I mean, that's pretty um, – I don't know. I think that's pretty impressive for Navy. He had, a, I mean, a great long career. But I think it, they thought, hey, it might be time for, for, for some new leadership, a new, new spark in the Navy program. Yeah, I mean, Ken Nia Matalolo uh, had a fantastic year. He had a couple 11 and 2 seasons uh, mixed in there. I mean, there was a couple years where Navy finished the year ranked. Uh, but I think it's a combination of things, right? Like, first it was Navy kind of being on a downward swing. But then you also had Army on an upswing. And those two things combined, I think, made Navy a little more uh eager to jump jump to a coaching change too uh just because like i mean when you're when you're a service academy realistically in modern football you're not necessarily i mean you are competing with other schools but the the games that you're really looking at are the games against other service academy Mm -hmm. and i mean air force was the the best service academy this year but uh army and navy in particular have that that back and forth and if you lose to Army enough times as a Navy head football coach, mm-hmm. it's not really too much of a surprise no. uh, that they're moving on. No. And you know what? Since we're talking about service academies, um, I don't know if you've seen this, Jay. So there is a new bill being put into Congress that might affect uh, Army linebacker projected first, second-round pick Andre Carter. Did you see this? So I saw the headline, but I didn't see what it actually is going so, on with that. Uh, um, I, I guess, and again, we, we don't like to get too political on here. Um, but, um, I guess, uh, tr- president Trump, what he did was, I think he, he put a bill forward that granted, uh, service Academy members, uh, they could get drafted, uh, as long as they come back and serve their duty afterwards. But now there's something being pushed through, um, Congress that kind of, will take that away. I don't think it takes it away specifically, but I guess the wordage and the things that are needed with that bill, um, it ends up service Academy members. If they are to get, go get drafted or play professional sport that they have to wait and do their duty first, which I believe is like what, four years, um, which would absolutely derail Andre Carter. And he stayed in college the extra two years, I think, because he thought he'd be able to get drafted. Um, and he's, I don't think he's going to be grandfathered in. I would love for them to make an exception to this rule, uh, but I, I have no idea how that's going to play out. I would feel terrible for that kid. Yeah. I mean, again, we don't want to get too political on the show, but that, that's just a. Uh do not love that situation for the kid. Uh, no. I, I, I wish they would make an exception for him given uh, his ability. I mean, you know, not even sticking with, with football, but when I think about uh, the Admiral, uh, David Robinson in basketball, yeah. 
basically served as like a <laughs> recruiting tool uh, mm-hmm. after the fact, but still kind of like a Captain America. He was kind of yeah, like Captain pretty much. America. <laughs> pretty much. I've uh, used him in the movie. But, I mean, look, we he doesn't need to go do anything right now. No. Like, there's no huge requirement. So, you know, if, if he's basically just forced to, to go do that, that's kind of a uh, scumbag move on America's part, uh, in my opinion. But because uh, he's losing out on... on life changing and, and generation changing wealth mm-hmm. right by by Absolutely. if he's a first round draft pick so mm-hmm. uh you know there's going to be a lot of people that are like oh well he made the commitment he should have to i mean yes he made a commitment but mm-hmm. realistically the navy doesn't need him like army but it's yeah. not, or army sorry yeah. no, uh it, it's I mean, I, I just don't agree with it. I mean, no. and I don't know what his opinion is either. I mean, because he, apparently he, he's he could, crushed. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they interviewed well, his which, dad and they, they said, you know, he's absolutely crushed. That's, that, that's all he's thinking about is, and it's not even in his control. Um, and the worst part is, like, some team may draft him, and now his draft stock's going to get tanked because of this. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, like teams are going to be afraid to draft them because of the requirement. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I mean, I I strongly believe whether you play, if you play any of the professional sports, okay, any professional sport, um, heck, even non-professional like softball and the national team or or anything like that, if if you get drafted. Okay, if you get drafted, then you should be able to um, play, you know, play until you're not signed anymore. And then once you're not signed for a year, then, okay, now you have to go to now you have to, you know, complete your duty. Yeah. Okay. Um, Again, I hope they keep that in there. But who knows? Um, I, I did see some people who didn't place i i i don't imagine played sports and like you said that we're like well he made the commitment to the army i made my commitment he has to make his commitment okay boss yeah but you're not one of the best linebackers in the country right now and you never had an opportunity to literally change your entire family's life so yeah it's it's sad i i hope i hope it turns out okay and if you want to help the service academies like get you know um help them out this is not how you do it no give them a good football team honestly if if you know guys are like hey if guys are thinking about going to the navy which is a big commitment the way it is to go to a service academy but if if you're going to go to if if you have a kid who's thinking about it and it's like well i can still get drafted and i can serve my country and i'll be going to one of the best schools on the planet Okay, but now if you throw that in there, it's like, well, if I'm good enough, I'm not going to be able to play professionally because I'm going to have to wait five years and I'm not going to be on that same level. You're really screwing the service academies. And on top of that, I think you hurt their recruitment for other people. 
Everyone wants to be a part of a winning football team, man. Yeah. Like, this is – and, you know, coaches are going to be able to use that as a negative recruiting tool. Yeah. Like, hey, like, you're never going to be able to play in the league if you go to a service Mm -hmm. academy. Like, Yeah. And obviously, there's a difference. You know, not every uh, athlete – that that goes to a service academy is gonna go on to the pros. Like there's a difference no, in the recruitment process for sure. But almost if none. that's if that's a factor, you know, like if if you're a guy that wants to do the whole service commitment and then, but you also want to have a chance to play in the league, like this may kind of deter you from that path. Absolutely, absolutely. <sighs> and again, recruitment, and, and this is what I was trying to say before, and I think I worded it very poorly, but like. When when your when your school is always on TV, okay, in big in big slots, it helps recruiting, like almost everywhere. Look at Clemson. I think Clemson came out with a report. I want to say like two years ago, their enrollment is through the roof because their football program uh, shot up. Their football program blew up. The more Army and Navy are on TV making, um splashes in sports media it's 100 going to um increase increase enrollment to their institutions and i don't know i think we're both on the same page i think almost everyone's on the same page unless you're like a super hardo bo bozo but other than that um i think everyone's on the page like hey let let andre carter let him go let him play in the league and you know if he gets if it if it's five six years from now and he's done, then okay, he's gone. Okay, but like, give him a chance. Like, yeah. give him the chance. And again, like a first or second round pick, he's gonna make a ton of money. A ton of money. A ton of money. All right. Um. All right. Let's get into some recaps. This is the first week of bowl games are in the books. Uh. Let's see here. We have. Let's start off on Friday. Uh, Bahamas Bowl, 11 a.m. I, first of all, I just want to say, the Friday night game, or the Friday games, 11 a.m., 3, 3 o'clock, I absolutely hated it. I know it was because of the NBA. But, like, Friday, give us a, give us 3 o'clock and give us 3 o'clock and 7 or 3.30, 6.30, something. Because 11 a.m. watching this at work was was not ideal for me. Yeah. Um, But... First game, we had Bahamas Bowl. Miami of Ohio versus UAB. UAB wins the game 24-20, a little bit closer than people thought. Um, UAB was out Dwayne McBride, uh, one of the best backs um, in the country. Red, Hawk, Red Hawks played really good defense. Uh, Mac Hippenhammer, uh, Penn's, old Penn State transfer, has two huge catches for the Red Hawks, um, but comes up two yards short Completed a pass right to the end, and UAB holds on to win. Jay, did you catch this one? I did. Uh, yeah, so if I heard that right, Hippenhammer was a baseball guy too, huh? He was. Yes, he was. Hippenhammer was yeah. a baseball guy. He played so, both uh, at Penn State. That's pretty awesome. I always yeah. love a, a two-sport athlete. But, uh, yeah, this was, a, this was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, this is the last game for, for Brian Vincent, saving, uh, serving as uh, – as the interim head coach before uh, Trent Dilfer of all people comes in to run this program. Uh, but you know, it was a, it was a fantastic contest. Uh, you know, it was kind of a defensive battle in the first half. 
things kind of went back and forth there in the second half. Uh, but yeah, that was a that was a fun last drive there. Uh, Miami oh, has man. a chance to win it, but uh, weren't able to come through. Obviously, you said uh, McKip and Hammers tackled there at the two yard line, and I really thought he was going to get in at the end of it. But I, was I had a like, blast he, watching this one. Yep, it, he won one missed tackle. That was a really good open field. That, no one realizes that open field tackle how hard that is to do. Um, again, when no one's around you. So, yeah. but no, it, big stop for UAB. UAB holds on. Yeah. Um, also, bring back Popeyes as the title sponsor of this game. <laughs> bring back Pop. Wait, bring back. Oh, was it the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl? It used to be whenever it first started. Oh man, what was the sponsor? I, I just local lending or something like oh, that. Oh, local know, something, lending. Yeah, something something not exciting. No offense. Yeah. Um. All right, we have the next. <laughs> no offense, potential sponsor. Local. No, yeah. Lending. No, no offense <laughs> to any potential sponsors. Uh, we we'll we'll be a sponsor. Uh, we will take you. Uh, we will we will pick you up if you if you offer. Um, Cure Bowl. I love this football game, man. I really did. Uh, UTSA versus Troy. This is Sunbelt champ versus the Conference USA champ. Conf- uh, UTSA was the Conference USA. Troy from the Sunbelt. 18 Both ranked teams. Both ranked teams. Troy wins 18-12. Troy scores 18 unanswered. Uh, shuts out UTSA um, in the second half. Frank Harris, Conference USA player of the year, had an average day. Um, uh, had a bad day for that offense. Um, the Trojans... Uh, really took it to him defensively. And Jay, did you see the one interception uh, Troy had? And then they had like two players that were leading the way, like heat seeking miss- missiles, just taking out. Um, if, if anyone, if, if you guys missed this game, there is a clip from a Troy interception where two lead blockers after the interception took out UTSA players, like heat seeking missiles. It was absolutely beautiful to watch. Um, but yeah, Troy gets this win. Defense group of five guys, Jay, told us in the beginning of the year, Troy is the team in the it is going to be the team to beat in the Sun Belt, and that their defense is probably one of the best in the country. And they were right. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't blame UTSA's offense for being uh, looking average as much as I think Troy's defense made them look average. I oh, think yeah. Troy's defense is just le- that legit. Uh, you know. Hats off to Troy for an incredible season. Uh, like I said, they're a they're a hail mary at App State away from being perfect or or not perfect, but uh, eleven and one, one loss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'd be talking about them the in the Cotton, mess, but yeah, they'd be in the Cotton Bowl is, probably, which is crazy. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, incredible contest. It it would have been <laughs> it really would have been interesting to see what the. Uh, what the pollsters did with them versus Tulane, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, hats off to Troy. Uh, obviously, uh, UTSA, you know, gonna be disappointed after this one just because mm-hmm. you would have liked to finish off with the bowl win, but uh, I still think they have some pieces next year, especially with Frank Harris coming back. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Roadrunners do uh, in the American. I believe they go there next year, so. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on. Oh, are they? Oh, that's right. UTSA, right? Yeah. UTSA yeah. is going to the American, which I think makes sense. Yeah. I think that but, they uh, want more better competition, but yeah. Yeah, UTSA, North Texas, uh, I think Rice, yeah. and then Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, and someone else is going to the American. I can't, but, keep, 
I, I used to love keeping track of like all the different conferences and everything. I, I have, I'm having a hard time. Yeah. I'm having a hard <laughs> well, time. Well, we'll stop talking about conferences for now because conference realignment killed one rivalry, but the Wasabi Fenway Bowl brought it back. Oh, and right. that is uh, Cincy versus Louisville, the keg of nails. Yes. And this was also the Scott Satterfield Bowl. It was the Scott Satterfield Bowl. It was pretty It was pretty weird to see Scott Sat- <laughs> Satterfield when they showed him uh, in all of his Bearcat stuff. Um, I mean, listen, this was uh, all Louisville. Louisville, great defensive plan. Yaya Diaby. And Yasir Abdullah combined for three sacks, two, four tackle for losses. Um, Louisville played very physical defense. Um, I was really surprised at Cincinnati's offense. And, and I know Louisville's defense has really come a long way um, from the beginning of the year, but I really thought Cincinnati was going to put a lot more pressure on that defense. Car- the Cardinals were flying around. Deion Branch. Uh, first win as a head coach, interim head coach. Um, I absolutely loved it. Uh, like you said, keg of nails on the line, Scott Satterfield sharing a sideline, which that game got chippy and they did a really good job keeping their, those teams away from each other. Um, but Louisville keeps the, keeps the keg of nails. Uh, and I love that they actually brought it to the game too. Yes. Yes. Like it, uh, I think Oklahoma and Texas, played each other in a championship game and they said hey the, it was hat's the big 12 not- championship yeah and they said hey the hat's not on the line um i love that this was like a double or nothing game like hey we it's the bowl it's the bowl two trophies the, yeah the bowl and the trophy which was very nice it was like old wwf where they would put like the european chi- title and the intercontinental title on the line on the same night um or in the same match or whatever, a little bit of Jericho versus Angle for all you wrestling heads out there. Um, Jay, did you think this – I thought this was sponsored by uh, the Sushi Wasabi. Yeah, so or it's the not the condiment Wasabi. Yeah, it's it's not, like – It's not the condiment. I, I, I don't, can't remember, like, I don't know if it's like crypto or whatever, but it's – because it really would have been funny to dump like Wasabi on the uh, Wisconsin – or uh, sorry, Wisconsin, I'm getting ahead of myself because <laughs> we're going to talk about something here in a second. Uh, it would have been funny to dump wasabi on the winning coach. It would have uh, been probably probably would not have gone well, uh, but uh, unfortunately, wasabi iCloud storage is not a dumpable uh, item from the Gatorade yeah. bucket. So yeah, it was like a uh, iCloud storage apparently. Yeah. Um. So Jay, um, Fickle takes the job at Wisconsin. Uh, do you think? And he's had that job for a little bit. Do you think Fickle kind of saw the writing on the wall of, hey, we've hit our peak, and if I'm going to go somewhere, this is the time? Uh, I mean, I think that could be part of it. I also think there's, again, there's that little bit of getting stagnant at places if you stay at a place too long. Uh, I also look at the possibilities going forward. Wisconsin, very secure in the Big Ten. Cincinnati is going to the Big 12, but we don't know what the Big 12 is going to look like moving forward uh, with OU and Texas leaving. Obviously, we know uh, Cincy, BYU, uh, Houston, uh, UCF going into that conference. But, you know, the teams that are still there don't necessarily want to be there. Right. Uh, And then the teams that, you know, are coming in, they're not really replacing OU and Texas. No. Just from a Mm -hmm. brand standpoint. 
So I think that it's it's a little bit of all those factors for Fickle. It's maybe Cincinnati's hit their peak. Uh, Wisconsin is, I think, a good job, especially in the Very Big Ten job. West. Uh, we'll see how that changes whenever USC and UCLA get there. But in the Big Ten West, it's a very winnable division. Uh, and then also the fact that there's a little more stability in Wisconsin as a program and where they are in the college football packing order. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say this. I, I don't think Cincinnati going forward is going to hurt much recruiting. Um, you know, people are like, well, yeah, if, you know, it, it's I don't think they're going to have the Nebraska effect where they go to another conference and they lose their base. Cincinnati's already um, at that base because they're in the American. They have to travel all over the place anyway. Now you're going to go to the Big 12, which, yeah, you're going to be, again, traveling again. But you've already been recruiting that way, and you're now going to be a part of the Power Five. So I think it, it's going to help recruiting, and maybe maybe you can dip your toe in the Midwest a little bit. Maybe a little bit. I, I don't yeah, think I mean, so, but. Well, Cincinnati being in Ohio, you're still going to get players from there. Uh, and then also from Kentucky. Right. Uh, you have those two states right there uh, where Cincinnati's on the border. Obviously, that's why the keg of nails is a thing because Cincinnati and Louisville are like 90 minutes apart. But yep. uh, we'll see. I do think the recruiting will help a little bit as long as the Big 12 stays Power 5. Uh, yeah, which but, they will. Yeah. Uh, as long as all the teams stick in there that are that are still currently there. Uh, yeah. uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, and I can't blame Fickle for taking the job at Wisconsin. Absolutely not. But uh, – Next up was, and I'm sure you got a kick out of this, was a SEC team getting blown out <laughs> in a bowl game. All right. So here, here's the thing. I could, I could be like a lot of SEC fans, okay, when they're on the other side of this. And I could be like, oh, look at this blowing out. Oh, SEC, blah, blah, blah. I could be like that. I could say, oh, look, the mighty SEC goes down. Oh, look at this, uh, getting blown out. But here's the deal, okay? Florida is a 6-6 six and six team, okay, going against Oregon State, who is good at 9-3. and three. But again, you play eight conference games, you get pretty much three automatic wins, and then all you got to do is just win three more games throughout your conference schedule. It's not that hard to make a bowl game. To be fair, Florida did beat Utah earlier in the year. Ah, shoot. Yeah, that's right. That is which, true. Which, which I think kind of ruined the expectation for the rest of the year because I think this was a rebuild, and we just didn't realize it was a rebuild after mm. uh, they, they upset Utah. After they upset Utah. Okay, fine. You are correct. But I understand – Florida had a lot of guys opt out. Okay, every team every team goes through it for the most part. Florida had a lot of guys opt out. They their quarterback opt out opted out. Um, Oregon State, I think only had I think they had like two receivers opt out. But again, uh, they're, they're not worried about throwing the ball because they're just going to ground and pound you to death. But this was this Oregon State bullied Florida, and like everyone's talking about the recruits, which has some merit because. Oregon State is, shouldn't be as deep as Florida, and, and I don't think they are. Florida gets so many good players that you feel like their young guys should step up and give at least a little bit of resistance. 
and Oregon State starters just buried them. Um, now, silver lining. Florida State kept, or sorry, Florida kept their their not shut out streak alive by a wonderful sad field goal right at the end to not be shut out for thirty to three. Uh, Pat McAfee one got a big old kick out of that in the broadcast booth, but <laughs> Oregon State big win. Um, Bolden was that receiver; he was amazing. Um, their quarterback played uh, well as well, but also. Great uniform game. The blue, the Florida blue versus the black and orange uh, in Oregon State. Uh, great. This was a blowout, but a, a very good, a very nice college football game just with the colors, uh, the different regions, everything like that. Oh, you okay there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a long, <laughs> long weekend after going viral. Uh yeah. <laughs> Uh, next up was the LA Bowl. Uh, I want to talk about it for a little bit. Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel in the booth with Guillermo was kind of funny there for a little bit. I missed uh, him with Guillermo. I, I saw was, him later on. And they like cut Greg McElroy out of the picture. There was there was some shenanigans going on that were pretty funny. Uh, but uh, Fresno State, I mean, strong performance. Uh, what a difference Jake Hayner made. I mean, obviously. One and four start to the season for Fresno State. They come back and they get to ten wins, mm-hmm. which I think is the first time that's ever happened uh, in NCAA football. So, hats off to Fresno State. Uh, and I mean, I we can't say enough about Jake Hayner. Just uh, you know, we we talked about him preseason quite a bit with a group of five guys. Uh, hate that he got injured early because I really think Fresno State had a good shot at. And having a, a very impressive season had he not got hurt. I mean, I still, getting to double-digit wins is impressive. It is. I would have loved to see that team if, if Jake Hayner would have stayed healthy because I truly believe that's the only reason why they lost. They probably would have still lost to USC. But other than that, I would have really loved to see what this team would have done um, with Hayner because um, they ended up coming back winning the Mountain West. Um, Jake Hayner again, uh, 24-36, 280, 280 yards, two touchdowns. Um, I don't think enough people are talking about Jake Hayner to the NFL draft. I, I really think he can be a guy that might be able to surprise some people in the NFL. I'm not calling it. I'm not saying this is a, this is a chemist guy, but I, I do think... It'll depend where he ends up. I mean, what kind of system he's in, but he has some intangibles, and he's unquestionably a fantastic leader. He's amazing. I, I mean, I love watching him play. Um, Oregon State, Oregon State did come out with the Jolly Roger flag in uh, honor of Mike Leach, which was which was uh, Washington nice. State. Washington State did, yeah, which was a very nice touch. Um, but yeah, it's um, well, listen, Washington State did not have it offensively, and that's what I was most shocked about. That Washington State, I, I thought, because I know they're they're more defensive, but. I did think their offense would be able to score a little more than six points against Fresno. Uh, Fresno's defense is decent, but it's not. I don't think it's the world. I don't think it's a world beater by any means. Yeah. Uh, but again, hats off to Hayner and, and Fresno Amazing. State for that performance. Oh yeah. Uh, Mims running back was was really impressive too. Uh, I want to make sure we give him a shout out. Oh uh, yeah, Mims. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
Next up was the Lending Tree Bowl. Uh, my Rice Owls did make it to the bowl game. Uh, mm. They were five and seven, but they made it to the bowl game, and you know that's uh, they put up a fight. They did, they did, and you know both of these teams kind of struggled towards the end of the year. Mm. Uh, there were some issues going into this one, but I mean, the star of the show is obviously Frank Gore Jr. Oh man, what a what a day! Threw a touchdown. <laughs> Two touchdowns, and, and I, I just like. One. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you probably had the th- the same thought, but I, I think of uh, Friday Night Lights, the movie, not the show, uh, where Booby Miles' dad is in the the stands, <laughs> and he he says, "And he can pass, and he can pass." Yeah, yeah. Um, that is a pretty good one. Um, oh my god! At the end of the game, he's being interviewed. His aunt is like waving the pom pom in the background, getting on camera, and he's like, "Auntie, chill." <laughs> Just an oh, all around fantastic and yeah. fantastic performance. Absolutely, really fantastic. Hey, underrated guy of the game, unsung hero here. Uh, Southern Miss linebacker Dalen Gill, eleven tackles, three three sacks. Big defensive game. Rice hang or Rice. Um, Goes toe to toe, but cannot finish. Uh, Southern Miss ends up. Oh, also, good thing I had this in my notes. I would have forgot. Southern Miss was playing Neck. Neck is become Neck has be has gone across the country. By the way, yeah, I mean Neck is basically now just like every the, Southern school. It's every that. Southern school. It's like I don't know. At this point, it may be overplayed. Like is I heard neck it, I, overplayed. It, it, I heard uh, them playing it during the Marshall and UConn game today. Oh, I had, I had to have it with the with the sound off so I couldn't hear it. But really, yeah. who was playing it, Marshall? I think it was Marshall. That heard. That's a yeah. heard. That heard. Yeah, I, I guess know. that heard D. I don't know. That's a because you can't say. Th- that heard thunder and her. I don't know. That's just a mouthful. You can't say thunder and her. Anyway. Yeah, you can say that thunder <laughs> <laughs> would work. It would work. It would. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> New Mexico Bowl. All right. Elevation. These, these next two games. If you would have flipped the scores. That's what I thought both of these games were going to be like. Yeah, pr- pretty much the opposite. Of, they were pretty uh, much happened. the opposite, and and we all got burned. Me, you, Joe, we all got burned. So everybody had in the New Mexico Bowl, I think the over was 63, 64. And it looked like it, – it, it looked, again, Jay, it looked too good. And we all took the cheese, all yeah. of us, like little rats, little thieving rats. We all took the cheese. Um. Because SMU, BYU, both good defenses, both eh, sketchy, or sorry, both good offenses, both sketchy defenses. And, you know, BYU didn't have Jaron Hall. They had some other guys opt out. You think, okay, SMU is going to win this football game. And we ex- all expected high powered offense. And it was more of a defensive match. BYU, I think, yeah. did they have a pick six or did they run it back to like the four or five? Uh, I'm not sure exactly what I happened, think. I think they yeah. had a big intercept. I think they had a big interception that um, that I, that set up a, a score. But I mean, I don't know. We we all had the over. 
And then SMU scores at the end of the game, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, here it is. Score a touchdown, and then BYU scores, SMU scores, both touchdowns in overtime, and then we're locked. It doesn't matter because the game can't end in a tie. We win. We're going to win. Just just kick the field goal. Kick the PAT. And they went for two. And I'm glad they lost. They deserve to lose. I think it was the right call going for two. I don't think the play call was necessarily the right call. Nah, but I think it was the right call to go for two. Uh, I wanted to win the bet, Jay. Yeah, me too. I wanted too. to win the bet. <laughs> Screw if it's a good call or not. I wanted the over to hit. <laughs> it was the good. It was the right call. You do go for yeah. two there. You do go for two. You do go for two. But yes. But anyway, BYU wins 24-23 with a bunch of dudes out. Uh, their defense really kind of um, avenges itself. Avenges itself from having some early miscues earlier on in the year. But yeah, so BYU wins, beats the SM, SMU Mustangs from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. University Park. University Park. Very, very, very uh, affluent area of Dallas. Okay. So it is more Dallas than Fort Worth. Very, very Dallas. Okay. So it's Dallas-Fort Worth, not Fort Worth-Dallas. Does it matter? I mean, most people call it DFW, but I mean, I was just saying SMU is definitely more Dallas. That's more Dallas. TCU is more Fort Worth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I knew knew TCU was more Fort Worth, but okay. Iron skillet, baby. The Iron Skillet, yeah. Uh, another one of my little TikToks that went that, that did pretty well. Yeah. Um, all right, Frisco Ball. This was uh, this one. Speaking of a, DFW, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I think it's in SMU Stadium, actually. No, this is. Uh, oh, no. I don't know what they call it now, but it, I think it's in that uh, the Dallas FC Stadium up there oh, in, okay. in Frisco. It's like used to be called Pizza Hut Park back in the day. I don't know what it is now. You are killing with the transitions the last couple of weeks, by the way, because that—that I mean, is, is a beautiful. Transition. Again, I, I basically just absorbed PowerPoint <laughs> and started spitting out transitions. Transitions. Um, so Frisco Bowl, we got North Texas versus B uh, versus Boise State. Uh, Boise State wins thirty-five, thirty-two. Uh, this game had a lot going on here. First of all, North Texas put up a way harder fight than I thought they were going to. Um, I did not expect them to score as many points as they did. Um, now, this game started. Uh, we I, I don't know if you had the under. Uh, I know Joe and I had the under here. And I think it was like under, I think it was like under 50-some, 53. And we all thought, okay, under's going to hit. Boise State's more ground and pound. North Texas is going to move the ball a lot. We're thinking under here. And it looked like that halftime. It was, what, 10-6? to 6? Boise was losing, and then both teams forgot to play defense. Or both offensive coordinators were like, hey, uh, this is the hole here, and we are going to expose this every chance we get. Um, Boise State uh, had 318 yards on the ground with Ashton uh, Ginty and Taylor uh, Green. Also, a little scuffle here, Jay. I don't know if you caught this. So we had – a little scuffle with on the uh, North Texas side. And then we had a, a, a smaller scuffle on the Boise State side. And then at the end of the game, the, the coaches had some words. Um, I will say, 
I have I saw two publications that I'm not going to mention their names. One of them doesn't even deserve to be talked about because I hate it. Um, but they said that the that a a brutal brawl I think was the word a a, a terrible brawl. Um, broke out and it took several minutes to get under control and they posted a link or a Twitter link and the whole clip was 23 seconds long. And as the, as the clip was over, which included the play, by the way, um, they were like already starting to get guys away from each other. So here's my thing. I don't think people realize how quick brawl like quote unquote brawls take place or 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 how quick they start and then fizzle like jay have you ever been in one like a, so, an all out donny an all out donny brook i have not uh been in a, in a scrap uh so i i can't really speak to it uh but it does seem to always fade pretty quickly it's like i've been in a few i've been the worst one i've been in as a coach and dude it was like four or five minutes long but it felt like an eternity like it felt five minutes felt like it felt like 30 all right and again i don't want to blame the journalists that much but like it took several minutes to it took several minutes to break up. No, it didn't. You literally posted a clip of it, the whole thing, play included, of 23 seconds long. And I guess how it kind of started is quarterback jumped and they hit him in the air, then they hit him out of bounds. Yeah. And then he fell down out of bounds. So it looked really bad. But the, wor- the coaches had some words. I couldn't really make out what they were saying. I don't think either of them talked about it in their postgame. But look like North Texas's or Boise State's coach made a comment about keeping his sideline under control. Then he said, well, what about yours? And the boys state guy goes, ours barely happened. Like there was a couple guys, John, and like, that was it. I don't know. It's, it seemed pretty petty at the end, but anyway, Boise state, uh, with the win, uh, definitely the better team, but North Texas, the mean green held on or, or, or kept it close. I should say. Yeah, I mean it was tough. Uh, interim coach Phil uh, Phil Bennett was uh, running the show there for the Mean Green. Uh, I actually pulled up the the scrap just to see what happened, and I mean the late hit was very bad and very flaky. It was. It was. Uh, like it was not good, and you know when something like that happens, players are going to come defend their guy, uh, especially when it's on the quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. So that wasn't good, but yeah, this was this was. Pretty pretty quickly handled. Uh, no, yeah, exactly. Going people like hyperbole, so I was a little bit more aggressive than I needed to be. But uh, you know, Boise State uh, after a tough loss in the conference championship to to Fresno State, get a win in the, in the Frisco Bowl and in North Texas's backyard. So it was a, a good way for them yeah. to end the season. Uh, and then we're to finally to today's bowl game, uh, Myrtle Beach, uh, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Marshall versus UConn. Story of this one, UConn turnovers, uh, just just constantly shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, you get down to a uh, 
a uh, twenty-eight nothing hole. Uh, unless you're playing the Colts, it's probably going to be hard to come back. Ooh. Oh, that was a <laughs> shot. That was a prof- an NFL shot on the pod today. Um, I, I I have never seen a team blow a thirty-three nothing lead. I'm sorry. I don't think you know. I don't think I have either. That was probably the worst of it. Um, so yeah, UConn shoots themselves in the foot in the first half. Second half actually beats uh, Marshall in the second half, uh, fourteen to seven. But um. UConn just trying to get back into it and just wasn't able to. Um, decent showing. Um, I know Ali and Gamage both had big games um, for Marshall. Those are two guys I love to talk about. Um, listen, I love Charles Huff as a coach. Uh, I really do. Towards the end of that game, though, they were looking like they were going to implode. UConn does not get a um, doesn't get a call, and then. Uh, head coach gets a personal foul, and then after that, that kind of derailed a little bit of the momentum that they had. But Marshall wins the Myrtle Beach Bowl down in Coastal. And now that brings us to this week. Here we are. Here we are. Um, So, Jay, you weren't here with us last week. We're not going to go through all the bowls, but I do want to know, what bowls are you keeping your eye on during bowl season? Yeah, I mean – if I was there last week, I would have talked about UTSA Troy as the game that I was probably most excited about seeing. Uh, since I missed that one, uh, we have Baylor at or Baylor Air Force. Uh, they're playing in the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth. Uh, this one could get interesting because there's going to be a big old cold front blowing through Texas uh, here on Thursday. I think the high start out in the 40s, and it's supposed to get down to like 10. So uh, that, hmm. that could be interesting. We'll see what the wind does whenever that front blows through. But uh, I'm, I'm always, you know, how, how I am, elevation, weather, basically external factors oh, yeah. that uh, affect both teams. Can't wait to see the under hit in this one uh, with that in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, another game I am very excited about seeing is New Mexico State and Bowling Green. Uh, get to see Jerry Kill uh, coach his team in a bowl game. I think it's the first time New Mexico State's ever been in a bowl game. So I don't I don't know how it's going to go for New Mexico State, but I'm just kind of happy to see them there. Uh, another game I'm really excited about, uh, just because of the regionality aspect of it, uh, Coastal Carolina and East Carolina. That's going to mm-hmm. be interesting. You know, it, it, it sucks that obviously Grayson McCall is opting out and Jamie Chadwell has gone to Liberty, but I think this could still be a little bit of fun. Uh, do then, you want my take on that? I think ECU kills them. Probably. But I think there may be some I do chippiness love the there. Region. I do love the regionality, though. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Wisconsin at Oklahoma State in the guaranteed rate bowl, Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona. I am predicting this to be this year's TCU Cal Cheese It Bowl. Uh, so I am excited about this game. Ooh. For, for that yes. reason. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that was like, wait, is it, the same, is it in Arizona? Yes. Yes, it's the same. It's yep. okay. It's not the, technically the same bowl, but it is technically the same thing. Yes. It's going to be on at like 930 at night, too, right? Yep. Yep. Pac 12 after dark shenanigans. But uh, it, it's a Big Ten and a, and a uh, Big 12 team. Sicko, sickos uh, again, after dark, baby. This is oh, this is my Sicko's pick. Uh, uh, 
Love it. UCF Duke, I think, could be interesting. Uh, Texas Tech Ole Miss, just because I think both of those fan bases down here in Houston are going to get extremely intoxicated. Uh, love the drink. Yeah, love the drink. Both of them love to drink. Uh, there will probably be some tortillas flying, uh, as Texas Tech fans are wont to do. Uh, Texas Washington, I think, is going to be some must-watch TV. I have that on uh, in the too. Alamo Bowl. Uh, I know I'm like basically naming all of the bowls at this point, but that's okay. What can I say? Uh, You know, and obviously I'm going to shout out the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Uh, You're going to be there, right? Well, oh, uh, oh, never mind. uh, No, I'm. Well, I mean, you never know who might pop up. You never know. Okay, you never know who might pop up. Yeah, you never know who might pop up. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Maryland-NC State's a fun former ACC matchup. Uh, again, you never know who may pop up. They're going to have the mayo dump with the uh, coaches at the end. Both coaches have yes. agreed to have mayo dump always, on them. Always good. Uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, Tennessee-Clemson, we're getting into the, the major bowls now. Yeah. Uh, and the Orange Bowl, obviously that's going to be one to watch. Uh then you have all of the New Year Six and whatnot, but the game I really am excited about is the rematch between Kentucky and Iowa, <laughs> and another Sickos Bowl of the Year oh potential God, matchup in Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Can't wait for that one. And then finally, Tulane USC. Really excited to see uh, Tulane have a chance to. Get into a shootout with the Trojans. Yeah. Um, no, uh, so this is what I got. Um, uh, so Al, uh, the Alamo Bowl with Washington, Texas, I think that's going to be a really fun one. Listen, Texas is favored in that game, and they have Bijan Robinson and a bunch of guys out. Um, so I don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, I think I'm going I'm going towards Vegas there and with Texas, even though Washington looks like they have mostly everybody playing. Um how about Oklahoma versus Florida State in the Cheez It Bowl? Um, the 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 Cheez It Bowl, the one that's in Orlando that isn't the citrus that keeps recycling different names. It's like the Camping World. It was the uh, Adidas uh, something Champs Sports Bowl, Russell Athletics Bowl. It's always this one on like New Year's Eve. Anyway. Um, I think that's going to be a sneaky good game. Um, I, I picked it last week. I think Oklahoma is going to um, finish their season off with a win. Florida State, really great this year. Uh, Hungary. Um, South Carolina versus Notre Dame in the in the Gator Bowl. Um, I just think that's going to be a fun one. I think both these teams are pretty similar. Uh, two great charismatic coaches in Marcus Freeman and Shane Beamer. Uh, like you said, Tulane versus USC. Um, I think Tulane has a shot just because USC ain't going to play defense and Tulane um, has an offense. I don't think both of these teams are going to play defense. You can get tickets for as low as $8 for that game. For Tulane-USC? Yeah. Wow, that's a shame. I think the Penn, I think when Penn State was down there, I think the Penn State tickets were like 50 bucks. You know, but Yeah, it's a little more expensive for your Rose Bowl tickets. Very expensive. It's. I think I was telling Joe last week. Um, pretty much factor everything in. It's like thirteen hundred dollars for everything: hotel, flight, game. Also, I heard 
because uh, I guess obviously I'm looking forward to the Rose Bowl, but I heard Rose Bowl parade tickets are more than the game tickets, and the game tickets are three hundred dollars. It's not entirely surprising. I mean, I guess uh, I do see. So here on ESPN's list, they have tickets as low as one thirty-six for what Rose Bowl. Yeah. Ugh, I don't know about that. Well, maybe they went down. Who knows? I do know Penn State sold their tickets. Dude, you can Penn go St- see Alabama and Kansas State play in the Sugar uh, in the Sugar Bowl for thirty two dollars. Yeah, that's one of my games. I, I'm telling you, I think Kansas State beats them. I, I have a feeling. I just I have I, a feeling. I've had this dream of Deuce Vaughn just running wild yes. on Alabama as Nick Saban screams in frustration. It's I just, just think defensively, that has come to me. I don't think Alabama is as good as they think they are defensively. I, I really don't. And they have some guys transferring out. They have a lot of guys transferring out offensively yeah. and defensively. It, again, it's absolutely insane that, like, Alabama doesn't make it. And now they're going to – and now guys are – it just kind of shows that, like, I know Texas A&M has this problem now. What guys transferring out? Penn State had this problem two years ago. When you're down and guys aren't playing, people want out. Now Alabama, because when you go to Alabama, you are sold the dream. You are sold. You're going to compete for national titles every single year. And when as soon as you don't see that happening, you're like, well, I was guaranteed I'll be in the playoff. It's craziness. Again, college football is a just a crazy, crazy world. Um, let's see. Anything else? Obviously, the Rose Bowl. Jay, I have I have a confession to make. I'm feeling a lot better about the Rose Bowl than I did last week. Like, I, I'm feeling really good. Like, I have, again, Utah could come out and really shut and shut Penn State down, which would be terrible. But like I have, I just I have this gut feeling that Penn State's gonna beat them, and like, like beat them by double digits. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, I, I think it, it's one of the games that I'm really looking forward to, though. I I think so too, but like I I don't know. I, I haven't felt this good. I haven't felt this good about a meaningful bowl game in a while. Like Cotton Bowl, they were in Memphis. I, I had a pretty good feeling. Washington, I was nervous about when they played them in the Fiesta. I didn't think they were going to beat USC in the Rose. Uh, how many years ago that was? Um, obviously, Outback Bowl last year. Um, I I told everyone that they were going to lose because they had dudes out. But I I, I have a good feeling, I, especially if Penn State can run the football. I, I if Penn State can run the football on Utah, I. I, I think Penn State's going to win. Uh, if Penn State can get to 28 points, if Penn State can score 28 points, Penn State wins this football game. Yeah, yeah I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about Texas A&M's chances of not losing this year in the bowl game either. I don't think they're going to lose this year, man. I don't. <laughs> they won't win either, but that's okay. Um, uh, <laughs> it's okay, man. Hey, it's it happens. It happens. We've all been here. We've yeah. all been here. Um, all right, so no episode next week. Um, our next episode, actually for the next two weeks, there won't be an episode. 
Um, our next episode is going to be January 11th. That is a Wednesday, okay? Again, Wednesday. It is the Wednesday after the national title game. We are going to talk about the national title. We are going to talk about some of the other bowl games that taken place, like the the bigger ones, the 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 ones that come down to the wire, the classics, the ones like that. Uh, a little bit of a recap for the entire year. You do not want to miss that. Jay, this is the second to last pod of the year. Or actually, technically, it's the last pod of the year. And then last we pod get of back, 2022. Last pod of 2022. And we have our uh, final episode of season two next in two weeks on the 11th of January. So make sure you guys mark your calendars. January 11th will be our finale of season two. That will be a the Wednesday after the national title game. Jay, do you have anything to lead or do you have anything to give our viewers before we go? And what a season it's been. Uh, thank you all for kind of joining us on this ride. Thanks to all the guests we've had this year. Uh, group of five guys, uh, Mike Barker from College Football Campus Tour. Uh, we've had some really incredible guests. Greek. Uh, it's it's can't been a fantastic about- year. Uh, <laughs> sorry, yeah, I can't forget about Jeffrey Greek. the Greek. Can't forget. It's my Greek. fault. Uh, but I mean, what what a year it's been. What a what a fantastic season. Uh, obviously not for my team that I support, but we got Jake down to Aggie Land. He got to experience Kyle Field. Uh, I got to go see a game at West Virginia that was fantastic. And this podcast and the people that listen to it are a big part of that. So thank you all for, for being a part of the season. Um, we, we look forward to, to seeing you one last time for the 2022-2023 season on January 11th. Uh, and I am excited to see how this playoff shakes out. Sam, Sam, can't wait for the playoff to shake, uh, shake things out. I can't wait for the rest of the bowl games just to kind of see where everyone's going to stand by the end of the year and just kind of echo what Jay said. I mean, I had an absolutely amazing time in, uh, in college station. Uh, we are definitely going to get Jay up next year. I'm thinking the Iowa game might be a perfect one for you to come up to. That might be a fun one. Um, but it's, it's great. It's, it's doing uh, something on the side that we absolutely love. And, you know, listen, we, we've caught, we've gotten a lot more people uh, throughout this year and we're, we're even excited to get more people on this bandwagon. Um, but just wanted to say, have a Merry Christmas, a happy holidays, uh, whatever you do during this time of the year. Um, you know, enjoy it. Uh, enjoy time with family. Enjoy it all. And we will be seeing you guys next year in 2023.